0: By fire and air, water and earth,
1: we call thee forth to the place of power in the north. Black spirits
0: and white, red spirits and gray, we summon thee to wine spirits and witches this day. day, day. Hello and welcome to Wine,
1: Spirits, and and witches. Witches. This is Monica.
0: And this is Shauna, and we're your high priestess for this evening. And tonight, guys, we have a very special guest for you. We have my very best friend and your own personal vampire, Emily Carmen. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I got really excited for Emily Carmen. Um, I have actually talked about Emily on the show multiple times. She helped us edit this right when we first started, way back when. Um, and we actually <coughs> talked about you, Emily, when we did our Cryptids episode for our first Halloween episode like around that time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So some people are kind of like, oh yeah, this is the vampire girl. So <laughs> the
2: vampire. You know, trick.
0: it's it's August, which basically means it's Halloween because Halloween yeah, should yeah. start three months <laughs> early. So
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: We're we're bringing it back, um, full circle, and going back to talk about vampires and cryptids and all sorts of things again. And this time we get to interview a vampire. Interview interview with
2: with the Vampire. vampire. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No pun intended. No pun intended.
0: They just, um, they just announced actually, like like the cast lineup for that. Because fuck, I forget. Some production company bought the rights to it like two years ago. I think they're turning it into a TV show. Yeah, very cool. They bought the um, rights to the Vampire Chronicles and the Mayfair Witches. So I'm really intrigued to see what they're gonna do there. Nice. So, but before we get any further and start talking about vampires and all sorts of cool shit, what is everyone drinking? Monica, impress me because you're literally the only one that can actually drink alcohol. So if you're not (laughs) drinking liquor, you've got to get your ass up and get some.
1: I am drinking Harvey's today.
0: Harvey's Bristol cream. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Can I just say that's a really misleading name because when you first told me about that I thought it was going to be something that tasted like um like Bailey's and it's a sherry like there's nothing creamy about
1: it I think they meant like creamy like smooth maybe smooth because it is smooth you know
0: potentially that's for sure
1: that would make sense yeah that's what I think that's how I interpret it yeah but it messes me up real quick I'll tell you that
0: I think that you need to get nice and toasted for this because I want you to get really drunk and tell me all about vampires and shit.
2: OK. I all work. right. I'll tell you I all about it. I love it.
0: Emily, what are you drinking?
2: I am boring. Oh, I should have said I'm drinking blood. Uh-huh. No, I'm, <laughs> <water>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking hemoglobin.
0: <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. It looks suspiciously like water, but I'll let that <laughs> <I> one slide.
2: Actually, <laughs> the uh-huh.
0: juice. <laughs> i am drinking i have my water next to me but i'm i'm partying it up for wine spirits and witches and i'm having a uh sugar-free root beer
1: all right oh
0: cool it's ginger root beer from this brand called Zevia and you know what it's actually really good it does taste like oh, really? root beer yeah because most of the sugar-free stuff tastes like shit um it does yeah. uh-huh. for, for those of you that are listening that are wondering why I'm drinking so much sugar-free crap um I am pregnant and I actually have gestational diabetes which is a type of diabetes that you only get while pregnant so I have to be super careful about my sugar intake and normally that'd be fine because I don't really like sugar anyway. But of course, once you can't have something, that's all you want.
1: Yes. And watch that. out for after she has the baby because she will be slurring her speech during the first podcast after the baby. Oh, fuck, she will yeah. be downing that wine. Like you would not believe.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> that's what's up. But I until know. then, I'm going to stick to my sugar-free <sighs> stuff. And this root beer is actually really good. But you know what's weird? It's clear
1: oh that yeah because yeah the coloring in root beer is coloring it's usually oh yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so this is like i guess what root beer should taste like and it's actually surprisingly good
1: cool i'm glad it's good because like you said sugar sugar sugar-free stuff tastes like shit
0: yeah, Sorry. it really, really does. So this brand so far has impressed me. I like it. So if anybody out there has to watch their sugar intake and stuff like that, that Zevia brand so far, so good. I'm liking it. It's impressive. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. Good. So You're let's good. kind
0: of dive into things. Emily is my best friend. We've known each other for over 10 years. We used to work together when she lived in Los Angeles. And yeah. <laughs> we brought you onto the podcast today uh, to talk about- your life with chronic illness, but more specifically with porphyria, which is the vampire disease. Um, You've started to share, you've always been really open about your life and about having to live with porphyria, which I really appreciate because I feel like it's been really enlightening. But you recently actually started a podcast all about it called This Girl is Sick. and you just share all sorts of things and it's been awesome to watch this journey with this podcast because some of it's just really tough stuff that needs to be talked about of what it's like to be someone that lives with chronic illness some of it's really funny with some of the shenanigans and shit that you've seen or done (laughs) when in the hospital like it just kind of takes you on this whole roller coaster of things so I thought what we could do here is take it to that that spooky and paranormal level because porphyria is actually very much so cloaked in myth and, and paranormal stuff.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, another funny thing about me is my birthday is also on Halloween. So sure the, weird, the first thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a super rare chronic condition that one in five million people in Europe have. The one I have, I have hereditary coproporphyria. There's eight different types. Um, but the one I have, some most people, oddly enough, I don't, they can't go in the sun at all. Um, They'll get blistering, and basically their skin photosynthesize like it'll like a plant. It'll burn, mm-hmm. so their skin cannot handle the UV rays. So kids and stuff that have it, they have to. They call them shadow jumpers, uh, like the camps that they have for them, and they have like all tents up that are like UV protected and everything. And oh they really? Just cannot, yeah, like they have to have all coverings, and they have a new medication came out for them to try to help their skin be able to handle at least a little bit of UV rays, um, but. That was one of the main things with the type I have and another one called variegate porphyria, but the acute intermittent one doesn't have that. So they thought I had that originally, but I didn't. But anyways, the point being that the one I have is even
0: rarer than regular,
2: the regular quote unquote porphyria.
0: I kind of like the name shadow jumpers though. I mean, that's that's pretty cool, right? it's kind yeah, of spooky like I said man this is spooky <laughs> um so tell us what because I'm sure everyone's listening and everyone's like what the fuck is that so what what is porphyria
2: okay so porphyria is basically my body so everybody's um body has this thing called and it has to do with heme synthesis meaning blood so this is obviously where you get the thing with uh vampires drinking blood right so for somebody like me, my body doesn't know when to shut off making porphyrins. So these extra porphyrins go into my system and start, you know. Can we curse on this? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Do you fucking know me and Monica? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember.
2: Like it basically fucks everything up. So the way I describe it in layman's terms is: imagine you have like a crayon factory, and the porphyrins are the crayons, and you got to get like ten in each box. But somebody flips a switch. Like if I have something like. Um, a glass of wine because I can't have sulfites and alcohol. Um, then my body makes too many of these crayons, aka the porphyrins, and they start flying all over the factory and it hits a switch and that switch happens to mess up gastrointestinal stuff. So then I got horrendous you know, stomach pain, which is a main thing with porphyria patients. Um, and then let's say it decides to flip something else and it starts messing up my respiratory and then I can't breathe right. And then it goes to cardiovascular and then my heart starts to feel like, you know, uh, it's being crushed, and my heart rate drops down to like 25 beats per minute. Um, neurova you know, neurological system. So basically, depending on how many extra porphyrins are in my system, then that's how bad my porphyria attack
0: gets. Um, well, and I've but- also read about porphyria that because it. It affects the development of the heme which is a part of the hemoglobin which is the protein in the red blood cells that we all have and um i don't know if it's the heme or if it's the the porphins but one of those things basically their job is to like deliver uh the oxygen from our blood to our lungs like that's right, the yeah. job and so do you feel like this like does like a lot of like you, have, have you like grown up with things like asthma or like has this made like breathing more difficult for you because like when i read that that was fucking scary but i feel like the main yeah. complaint that i've heard from you tends to be pain and gastrointestinal stuff so i guess it just it affects everyone differently
2: yeah exactly my dad could not exercise i mean he's not a you know big dude but he was always like Anytime at school and they had to do athletic stuff, he would feel out of breath. Um, we could barely go for walks around the block and he would have to lay down when we got back home because he felt like he ran a marathon and we couldn't figure out what the hell it was. My dad was diagnosed after me with this, by the way. Sorry, I just throw that in there. Um, and I'm basically like a clone of him. So he has that. So men and women also, something I forgot to mention, are different. So women get it worse than men. So my dad was pretty damn Don't they get
0: everything worse? Okay, I'm going to get off my (laughs) feminist fucking soapbox. I just, I had to go there.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, we do get everything worse. Well, we also get it worse because of um, the hormonal aspects. So women, every time it's that time of the month, ladies, like imagine having that lovely time of the month, plus having a porphyria attack (laughs) and feeling like, you know, someone's, you ate glass and glass in your stomach and you feel like you ran a marathon and your limbs are killing you and you gotta think like ten times if you want to walk to the bathroom or not. Like it's unbelievable. So women get it worse. But which so is it the hormonal thing
0: from having it that time of the month that will trigger a porphyria attack? Yeah.
2: So what the things that'll trigger a porphyria attack are hormonal changes, um, drugs, so I'm not a partier, um, alcohol, uh preservatives and foods. And then there's an entire like list of medications, like I can't even take Tylenol most over the counter drugs. I can't even take regular um, uh, anesthesia. It would like kill me. Like for example, when my dad went in and they didn't know he had porphyria yet, and they gave him a pacemaker, he like, we almost lost him on the table. And that wouldn't have happened if they knew he had porphyria. So we have to be careful. So I have to wear a medical alert and stuff and make sure that even if I'm in an ambulance, like when I was with you, when I yeah. visited, you know, like they had to know like God forbid, I can't have, you know, all of this stuff they have to know I have porphyria because it could kill me.
0: Yeah. That's and I think a lot crazy. of the medical professionals uh, don't, don't even really know because porphyria is so rare. Funny enough, though, in the last like two or three years, I feel like I'm hearing about it more yeah. and more. Like, it's not something that's super prevalent, but I am hearing about it more and more. And I even like heard about it on like random podcasts. And I was like, what? Yeah. So I, I am hearing about it more, but it is something because of how rare it is that even like doctors are like, okay. Or like medical staff will be like, so I, I've heard of this, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do for you.
2: Right. Yeah. Like the doctor, when I was with you, remember, and they thought like, um, they didn't even believe that I had it. They thought it was like, there's no way she has this. I've had that all the time happen to me
0: where they don't believe because that it's just it. so rare yeah so porphyria is something it, it is it's really rare um and it's one of those things like when I worked in animal hospitals um animals cannot get porphyria at least not that I know of like I could be wrong but they I remember wait. there is
2: cats I think there is a type that they discovered in cats I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure there was one
0: you know Cats. what? That wouldn't surprise me. They get leukemia. They have FIV. They get fucking herpes. Of course they can get porphyria. Why I'm not? I'm pretty
2: sure. Like, I want to look that up while we're talking because I'm like do they have it?
0: And You know what? I think that'd be actually very fitting for you because not only is Emily a vampire <laughs> but she's also the biggest fucking crazy cat lady you will ever fucking meet. Like ever. Um, it's called congenital I-
2: porphyria. Wait. Yeah, it's congenital erythropo poietic porphyrian cats interesting so okay so <laughs> we, cats but can get like... the
0: same thing so we need to find a cat <laughs> that has this so that you can be its service human and it's advocate there we go that's next on the list i've always had blind cats with severe obesity that were kind of slow and it's like how the fuck do you top that this is how we do it we're just going to get a cat version of her we there we go, go. <laughs>
2: that's on my other as on my podcast
0: about that i want to hear what that's about But with animals, like it's one of those things. I remember we had this one patient and it was this dog that got rescued from Turkey while his owners were there. They just, they adopted him and brought him over and he was super fucking sick. And everything we did, like we, we couldn't figure out what it was. And finally, one of the doctors found out like, wait a minute, this dog is from Turkey and I actually test him for some rare canine illness that stems from Turkey that you don't really see. Oh my God. And that it turns out that's what he had, but it took us like two weeks to figure it out because it's so rare. Like, why would you test for that? And so yeah. I'm sure that's something that porphyria patients have gone through as well. It's like, they have it. And it's like, why would you even start to look for that? Cause it's so rare. Like you want to think about it, right?
2: Yeah. Like I was misdiagnosed in the beginning. They thought I was like, just a depressed chick going because I was going to college at the time I was, in co- I was in college and every time I ate I was like getting in such bad pain that I couldn't eat I was passing out like my heart rate was down to like 25 beats per minute and I had doctors just saying like oh she's just depressed oh and I went down I, like I said 75 pounds I mean they're thinking like oh she's anorexic it's an eating disorder like what's wrong and that was a nightmare because they just thought that it you know that physically something wasn't wrong with me and that took, that elongated the process from what could have been to figure out porphyria back then, they've changed a little bit now to more genetic stuff as well. But you would literally do a 24 hour urine collection and then they would see how many porphyrins are excreted from your body. Cause remember I said before, my body makes extra porphyrins, So like the excretion of it, your urine literally turns like the Kool-Aid orange color, like dark, dark, dark. And in the old, old, old days, to test for it, like you could put it against uh, the sun and your urine would turn purple. So the name porphyria comes from the Greek word for purple. So they come on, it's like similar to it. It's like porf something. And porphyria literally means like purple. That's where they got it from because the urine turns purple. So 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 who finally diagnosed you with this? Oh, so that's a crazy story. So I went to all these doctors in, cause I'm in New York. So I was at um, NYU. I went to hospitals with hospital surgery. I went all over the tri-state area, like everywhere. And randomly my friend, uh, this friend of mine named Jacqueline, she called me up cause she was just diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the time. And nobody really knew what that was at that point. And I was like on the phone, I was really upset. I kind of, I was literally at the point of giving up. And she's like, I want you to go to my rheumatologist and just go to him and tell him what's going on. So I went. And I had uh, my mom go with me, and he just asked like random questions about my family. And believe it or not, the things that he realized was like what what was different. So the con- the things I said were my dad is like me, like my siblings are similar to my father's, and that my um, cousin only sweated on one side of her body. My other cousin was pure like platinum blonde naturally, but yet had dark dark arm hair that she like tried to use nair to take off when she was younger. So all these weird things. So he was like, I'm gonna test you for like these rare conditions. And there's one in particular I think that sounds like it might be, he's like, but it'd be, so, it's so rare you don't have it. He's like, and if you do have it, you can write me a letter saying that I'm an asshole. And then the next day I get a call and I had porphyria and my father had it too. It
0: That's was like- wild.
2: Out of, out of like years of trying to figure <laughs> this out. And I was literally getting to the point where I felt like I'm. this is gonna be my life. Like they were telling me I'd be lucky if um, I could ever, cause I used to go running like a lot and run for miles and shit. And they were saying, telling me like, I'd be lucky if I could walk around the block and I'd be lucky if I could get to 80 pounds, 90 pounds, you know, and that was like devastating. So the rheumatologist, but funny enough he couldn't treat porphyria, like help me with it, like to manage it. So then that's where I met my hematologist at Columbia who's amazing. And he's literally, his name is Dr. Duguid. It's i love analysis.
0: that <laughs> yeah i love he that, that me his me. name is too good so let's dive right into some of the the supernatural stuff that happens yeah. with porphyria because it's so mysterious and before we start diving into all the vampire stuff um it is very common that porphyria is misdiagnosed but aside from the chronic pain um there's some really weird side effects that porphyria can bring on that yeah. assist in misdiagnosing it but misdiagnosing it to the point that we don't even think sometimes it's a medical problem we think it's a mental problem or even a spiritual problem so can you tell us a little bit about um amy who is like the the famous case of porphyria that had the exorcism
2: yeah so apparently so this chick was a nurse and See, that when I heard about, and I was reading about it, I don't really know the age bracket she was in. I'm gonna assume she was maybe in her late 30s, maybe around my age, maybe she in her 20s. Um, but she was a nurse and one day she wasn't feeling well and she started, was walking home and she started feeling really out of it. And her symptoms just started to progress where she was feeling kind of like out of body experience, like just kind of like hearing voices. And it got so bad that her husband took her to the Mayo Clinic. And she ran up to the eighth floor and tried to jump out the window. And they had to talk her out of jumping out the window. And they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. But mind you, all this time, she was seeing psychiatrists and stuff because her first symptom was, you know, that something in her head like wasn't right. She felt like something was off. So of course, the first thing they'd go to as opposed to with me, I had gastrointestinal issues. Hers was psychological. So one of the first things they put her on were antidepressants and that made her knowing what happened to her i mean not when the story happened but knowing that she started to get worse so her psychological stuff got worse so as that progressed she got so bad at one point i mean this is terrible she jumped off i think it was like a roof and she broke her back she survived but she became paralyzed and they had the doctors didn't know what was going on they were so desperate i think i can't remember what her religion was but she had somebody come that was like um think they were like an exorcist or something like Like a clergy
0: yeah it was like an exorcist within whatever her her religious background was and she legit everyone thought that she was possessed because she was going through extreme emotional problems i believe she was hearing voices like everything that you think of when you think of a stereotypical like case of possession things that we've seen you know in horror movies all like you know the conjuring series things like that these were things that she was exhibiting and they had tried everything medically because she was a nurse so when this first started with her she was like okay something's up i'm gonna go get treatment and she did everything she could and so finally she just drew a blank everyone's drawn blanks and they brought in clergy members to straight out give her an exorcism
2: yeah and the thing that was odd about it was that she got better after that so that that always confused me but then later on see when they say she's better i'm like okay like better how like she just suddenly stopped hearing these voices or something did they change her medications because like I said before there's so many men you can't have with porphyria right so and even for example like with me like there were times where one day for creepy thing with me I was sitting on the couch and it was Christmas Eve and I was waiting for dinner like with my dad was making dinner and all of a sudden he's like okay I'm like you know dinner's ready and I'm like hey dad like I can't walk all of a sudden I couldn't walk and I, my dad had to carry me into the car, carry me into the emergency room asking for help. And like, oh, sit there. My dad's like, no, she can't walk. And then I couldn't feel my arms. And I was becoming paralyzed. And it ended up knowing now, and they didn't know then, but when they stopped giving me Tylenol, all of a sudden I could start to walk. I could start to feel my feet again. And it took like a week to go away. So my question like with that girl, Amy, is I wonder if they switched one of her medications and it started to like diminish that symptom for her, like if her psychological stuff was really bad, did they switch something during that time when this, you know, this exorcism happened and the, you know, it just paralleled. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but with me, it easily somebody could have come and be like, Oh, she'll walk again. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm walking. And it's meanwhile, I had all this Tylenol in my system. I can't have. And then when they got rid of it, I was like, Oh, I can walk again.
0: Well, and one but of the other says- things do that. Oh yeah. Well, Ooh, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. like if you if you come to that point where you've just exhausted all your other options, and then you try something as fucking far out as exorcism, and then you see a, like a response yeah. to it, you're gonna be like, "Okay, I believe it too. right?" Yeah. Well, but there's also been like th- reports with porphyria patients that like, and I don't know if it's just with a porphyria attack and what you know part of your body it attacks, or if it has like a reaction with the medication, um, right. but that it can cause hallucinations. Yeah. Which I like, um, think could totally lead uh, and, and lend itself to this example where it starts to display itself as a case of possession.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because you think about it, like you have so many poor friends out of whack that everybody's different with porphyria and if their main thing is psychological and, you know, that's the first thing that triggers with them. I mean, if it was me and every time I had abdominal stuff that that was happening, I would have, I don't, I mean, they would have you know locked me up and thrown away the key i mean i was so would have had to time. do
0: a, a an exorcism via enema yeah <laughs> get the demons out it's like you know i feel Emily, the demons right every time you you farts the demon it's coming oh you know i think there's shit like that that's happened where they have done um what holy water holy water enemas and stuff like that i can't think of a specific case i'm not even kidding that has happened i was reading about it or i listened to it on a podcast or something and it just doesn't surprise me there's also um stories of like of um an exorcism having to do with like a condom because they had to exercise what? this man's penis because it was possessed. I will try and see uh, a friend of mine who's an amazing artist does like a whole thing on Sicilian sex goes. I should try and get him on to tell some of these stories.
1: But let me ask you a question. Aren't all men's penises possessed?
0: <laughs> well, this is true. But, I mean, this was like a good possession. So I can't tell the story nearly as well as the actual storyteller camp, but basically in Sicily, because you know, us Italians we're fucking crazy, there's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of mummies everywhere. And so he yeah. went to go uh photograph them and then he just kind of like heard all their stories so one of the mummies was known for being very well endowed and blessed and so all of the women would go and they would take like a scarf or like the bed sheet or something and they would rub it on this mummy's junk to try and like bless their husbands with better penises so that they're you know they would be more possessed and apparently This one mummy just was like, that's a nice fucking scarf, man. I like that scarf. I'm going to come home with it and, like, possessed her husband. It's like it was a whole fucking thing. And it was just, like, amazing. Like, they ended up having to make, like, a spirit trap condom because, like, the spirit would only come out when he had a bone. It was this whole production. Like, it was, yeah, it was insane. So It was an amazing story. I will definitely reach out and see if I can get him to come on and, and share this with us but oh well, my god sounds like a have... porno
2: gone wrong
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a- again man Sicilian sex goes its says Sicilians what can I say oh, shit. Oh, god. damn. Um, I'll try That's and see scary. if we can kind of like share yeah. some of those stories too because he had some really good ones it was hilarious but yeah um That's hysterical. So, you know, possession, like, so, you know, that guy had his penis possessed, like, with Porphyria, Emily's got her butt possessed, you know, it happens, whatever, we don't <laughs> judge here, yourself. we're witches, we're, we got it. Well, so the madness
2: of King George, he, he went mad from Porphyria.
0: Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? So, because this is where it starts getting into, like, the different restrictions and, like, how it does, so, like, his thing, well, especially because back then they didn't know shit about yeah. Porphyria, and so he, he loved his wine. And isn't that was like well, one of the major factors here that drove him to madness?
2: Yeah, so think about it. Back then, this is King George Third, right? So he was always having wine with every meal. He was having the dried meats. And with porphyria, by the way, you have to have a high carb diet. You have to have 60% carbohydrates. So meaning like good carbs and all that. But when I'm sick, I have to go in for IV treatments. And when I'm in an attack, I get literally... Um, when I get the fluids, when you're dehydrated, mine has dextrose in it because my body needs that to help decrease the porphyrin production. So, but King George III didn't have that. So what would he have? He have maybe a piece of bread, all this meat, all this protein, dried meats and stuff that it's sulfur, all onion and garlic and stuff, which also why they connect vampires to porphyrias because um, you can't have a lot of sulfur and garlic is really high in sulfur. So that came into about um, to keep vampires away because we we can't have garlic. Like, I can have a little bit now, but I'm doing better. But if I'm an attack and stuff, I can't have anything like that. And being a Sicilian, that really sucks. But I got used to it. But that's how the thing with garlic got started was because a lot of people with porphyria couldn't have garlic because it made them sick. But King George was having all this stuff. and eventually it just started little by little he would get worse and worse and worse and start acting crazy and just couldn't get out of bed eventually and then when he was peeing all the time it was like dark and they're like, Why is this dark? And then like I was saying before, like they had doctors and like they had just I think it just happened by chance. They just happened to put his urine up on the windowsill or something and they're like, Oh my God, like this is purple. Like what is this? Like they just didn't even know he had porphyria.
0: Oh, is that but how now- they figured out that he had it? Huh? That's how they figured out that he had porphyria, like, later? Because I was wondering how it later historians became known. Okay. Yeah, I think,
2: like, historians or something did. It also runs in in royalty families and stuff because a lot of, you know, inbreeding and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that also could, that would happen. Um, and it's more. It's a lot more common in Europe and in South Africa than anywhere else. So that's also great. Like, for European, if you're from South Africa, like, you might have porphyria. Well, and-
0: that makes sense because you your dad has it and you guys your dad's mom is straight out from sicily right
2: yeah from palermo yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah so, so that make that makes sense then like where you would kind of have it from so there, there's a lot of things around did they ever think that king george was possessed like was that ever a theory do we know
2: they don't know they just know he went mad that's why literally the the movie is called the madness of king george and their books about it like he went crazy he was like, Yeah, they thought he was like, went possessed. They didn't know what the hell. They had priests come and try to see, like, could they help him? And, like, you know, if they were, they didn't know if he was possessed by what. But they, one day he's fine. The next day he's like, he was running around like the, the entire kingdom naked and stuff. And yeah, see, like, and I mean, the back then it was on?
0: always like a spiritual issue, you know? Like, it was, it was a witch's fault. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at some point, like, some poor girl probably got fucking burned at the stake because she was a witch and like she cursed him or something, you know?
2: It yeah, was there was. There's good this- things. There was a story you were telling me that, what we were talking about before, there was a guy that um, he, there's like, you know, when they look at porphyria and stuff and they have misinformation, and he thought he was going to turn into a vampire and some guy killed him.
0: Yes, yes, and that was actually something relatively recently. That happened, I think, sometime between like 1985 and now, actually. I think it happened in the 80s. That was in the U.S.,
2: and the doctor I was talking about, it was one of the doctors I had seen that helped diagnose me. Like once I had that first test by a rheumatologist, then I went, you know, I had to go to the Porphyria Foundation, American Porphyria Foundation, which is in Texas at the time. And they helped me like get the other testing and my dad. And then we figured out my grandmother was the carrier of it. So it went from me figuring out I had it. Then my father getting tested. His number is also mine were 150,000 times over a normal person's, of poor friend's. Um, and, then there, extra. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, yeah, I see. And then from there, and then from there, my grandmother/slash had it, and she didn't have the symptoms. But another story about our family was when I was going through um, old photos, there was a picture that my uh, Zia um, Leah had, and it was of a girl that looked exactly like me. She had dark, 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 dark curly hair. She was um, very, very, very thin, super pale. And she was like almost crying when she was telling me the story. Uh, My grandma was telling me because Leah didn't speak English. And they're saying that it was their sister and she worked in the fields in Sicily in the farm. And she was very weak, always sick. Every time she ate, she was in pain. She was so sick that they had to make a bed for her with like the toilet right there because she couldn't even get up out of bed. And she died in the fields and they didn't know why the hell she died. And now after I got diagnosed and then my dad got diagnosed and then we realized that my grandmother had the gene, like to pass it on to us, it answered a question about how their why their sister died when she was in her twenties. Because with porphyria, the type that like I have and stuff and acute intermittent, you get you start to exacerbate symptoms around eighteen years old, nineteen, and that's when I started getting sick. And that's when their sister started getting sick. So imagine like going through an old photo album and this ancient photo of somebody that looks like your clone and finding out that they have the same condition that you have and it finally like full circle answered a question from my grandmother never knowing what happened to her sister it's like crazy
0: that is actually really creepy I wonder if you're like her reincarnated
2: they were like this picture dude like it literally it could have been me like it was unbelievable I I thought it was me I'm like what is this did we dress up for something like no like this is you know and then I showed it to Nona my grandmother and she's like oh my god like this is my sister and then they told me what happened Wow! Oh, my God. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy. Before
0: we dive, like, totally into the whole vampire lore of it, um, Emily, I always love your stories of your Nona. Like, it always, like, I just love it, and I think it's just because, like, I love little old Italian ladies. But um, speaking of, like, (laughs) possession and all of these other things, your grandma held some kind of, like, little Strega prayer circle of sorts (laughs) for you to try and heal you before they knew what was happening.
2: Yep, so she I came over one day like, oh no, I'm sorry, I didn't come over because I wasn't feeling well. And my, my dad hands me this uh, statue. He's like, here, I don't know, put this over your bed. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And it was this little um, angel statue and had like big wings and stuff. It was cute. And then one called and she's like, okay, listen to me carefully. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I want you to put this above your bed. And I just happened to have like a shelf like near my bed that I could, I didn't have to hang it. But it was like right next to my bed. She has to be near your bed. Not like in the room, like next to you. So I was like, okay. She's like, and I'm going to do, she's like, I'm going to go to the church. We're going to pray. And then my aunt called also, and she was like, her friend was going to do a prayer circle for me with like, and they called my mom and wanted my name, like my full name exactly. And like my birth date and everything. And they did all this. Hey Monica, and like, what does
0: that sound like? That couldn't possibly be witchcraft, could it? Right. No, no connection.
1: No connection whatsoever. None.
2: Absolutely none. Exactly, not. right? So they do this, and literally the next day, I find out I have porphyria. And I had been was a fucking it Strega.
0: You have like a legit Strega Nona. <laughs> for years. Yeah, it was the I was magic. Like, uh huh. The magic like, got you fucking diagnosed
2: goes yeah that was crazy it was like I went to see that doctor that rheumatologist I had to wait a few days I'm like oh, I'm never going to figure this out and then he calls me like the next day and I'm like I'm like dad we have porphyria and he's like what and I remember we were at I went with him to drive to the gas station down the block and we sped home and we got on the computer and we're looking up and it was like literally like as if somebody wrote about me and I was just like stunned like I couldn't even cry about it I was just like so like overwhelmed, like oh my god and the timing that my dad's like wait a minute like didn't you just put that statue next to your bed and we were like making fun of it all night meanwhile like
0: it's legit <laughs> no, you I'm should like, try yeah, and it's... see if there's any Welcome. pictures where you can like <laughs> track down what the statue looked like so we can figure out like my guess is that it was archangel Raphael because he's the healer
2: i think so i have it at my dad's i'll get it yeah yeah
0: send us a picture and then we can I'll post it up on it. instagram or something so people can see it because that's a yeah. fucking like legit strega of fucking magic right there
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That still blows my mind today. Like I was always like, the timing.
0: Grandma's and a thought. witch. So let's dive into yeah. the vampire lore here of Porphyria because it's so yeah. it's so interesting how this all works. And I kind of fell down a rabbit hole with it. And I was <laughs> looking and the murder that that happened with Porphyria happened to that gentleman. I still don't know when it was, but it was in Virginia, actually, because yeah, they crazy. thought that this guy was a vampire, and it was that yeah. he was a porphyria patient.
2: So yeah, that was wild.
0: What are the symptoms here that that we find similar to vampires um, with porphyria? Because there's there's three, there's three main illnesses that have um, been linked to kind of like inspire mm-hmm. the myths around vampires, and one of them before we dive into ra- uh, porphyria is actually rabies. Yeah. Yeah Mm because
2: people would go crazy with that people would
0: go crazy with that and they would also have the urge to bite people Mm -hmm. and so that's where that came from but there really is a lot when you start looking up the different side effects and the symptoms that porphyria presents we do see it kind of linked with vampire lore a lot and the main one is is the um light sensitivity because it's hardcore and it's only a certain type of porphyria that has it but like I've been told like a lot of people that have this type tend to just be nocturnal and have to work graveyard shifts and stuff because like you can't even like walk past your window Mm -hmm. during the day because it'll like give you a sunburn and fry your skin and blister you up.
2: Yeah, they have to put like special windows in and their cars and everything. I mean, it sucks for them. Like it's terrible. And I just lucked out that the, even though I have a type of porphyria that can have photosensitivity, I didn't get that. I just, me and my dad lucked out. Like I was a lifeguard and stuff. I never had any problems with the sunlight, nothing. I lo- I really lucked out with that. But it's super painful for them and they can't go out. But I mean, I, me and my dad are very nocturnal. Like we work all night. Like when I'm working on music and stuff or editing podcasts, whatever, all night I can work. I'm not yeah. a morning person as you know, like at all like i'll just well, fall actually, i
0: just feel like you guys don't sleep like they will just like do this marathon of like just yeah. not sleeping like i feel kind of rude sometimes because i'm in los angeles <laughs> you're in new york but i know i can call you whenever the fuck i want even if it's like four o'clock in the morning where you are yeah, i the like, other night. awake <laughs> like, yeah even you're last just night, you're like, awake no big deal and then randomly you won't hear from her all day and she's like oh sorry i was sleeping so it's like i mean <laughs> vampires actually sleep during the day which yeah, she does like in. once a week but usually she She only sleeps like once a week. Period.
2: I'll sleep from like 7 a.m. until like 8 (laughs) p.m.
0: Yeah, basically. So yeah, you do definitely have that sleeping during the day, nocturnal shit going on once in a while. Um, Yeah. Other things that I think are interesting is you know because porphyria is actually it's considered a blood disease, right?
2: Yeah, it's considered a hematological condition, I think, a blood disease. I mean, you know, for uh, for us simpletons, we're just
0: going to call it a blood disease. Yeah. (laughs) But this has been linked mythologically to vampires before Mm -hmm. anyone even exactly knew it was a blood disease, which I just think is interesting Um, because a lot of the blood stuff actually has nothing to do with why people think porphyria um, and vampires go hand in hand. One of the things that does, interestingly enough, that I thought was weird is, is the urine thing because porphyria patients tend yeah. to have really dark urine. And so people started thinking, I guess that vampires pee blood basically is, is what it kind of came down to. So that became a big indicator as well.
2: Yeah, was that too. I think also one of them is because I get heme and heme, uh, it's called panhematin, but it literally, it's called, they call it artificial heme, but it comes from people's blood. So when I have so to get it, you are stealing
0: and, people's blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when I have to get an infusion, uh-huh.
2: yeah. there it is. Uh-huh. So when I have to feel better, I have to get a uh, heme. So I'm literally sucking your blood. Like when you think about it, it wouldn't work that way because it has to go through. You know, the, it wouldn't. It'd have to bypass the stomach and all that. So that that can't really happen that way. But they get that also because um, some types of people, some porphyrias. Um, not all patients, but some can get their gums will kind of recede and their teeth can kind of become. Mm-hmm.
0: They get off. like banging. Their tang- yeah. their, fe- their teeth get. I think they said their feet. I don't. Don't listen to me. I got their pregnant so bad. I don't know where the fuck I'm at.
2: <laughs> their teeth,
0: not their feet. Teeth. <laughs> their teeth. Yeah, they like, yeah, like yeah, their They look like They'll get. They'll get like fangs going on. Um, yeah. So there's a doctor in 1985, and I feel like he's the one that kind of put porphyria on the map in regards to linking it with vampires um yeah. i don't know if he's the first one that really did this and he 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 pointed these things out and pointed and started talking about the blood disorder with it but he he kind of stretched it sorry guys and oh, this shit. dude's it's Wait, all good
2: i just wanted to ring on. sorry okay it's all
0: good um <laughs> this dude's name i believe was david dolphin if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, and like he was at a conference or something. And so he was talking about it and, and was talking about how they're, they're related and stuff like that. But what he was saying uh, was that one of the reasons why is because porphyria patients have issues with, with their blood, that they actually crave blood and they crave drinking human blood. Has that ever been something, Emily, where you're sitting there and you're you're drinking your water and eating your, your ice cream and you're like, you know what'd be really <laughs> fucking great on this? this is a fucking typo negative. That's is that how this works? <laughs> no. <Yeah. never>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't Thank know God. <laughs> <laughs> I know Thank there's God. some reference where they have to like they have too much iron in their blood and they actually have to get um, taken out. Like they have to get whatever you call it, like their blood not in infusion but a trend like they have to like get rid of it like they, they have literally to get rid of
0: the iron in it yeah
2: they just take some blood out to like decrease the iron level because it's so high
0: that's um, really interesting because I, I was wondering if there was anything to do with the iron that would would go yeah. into this too so that part with um I don't know if he was a doc- doctor Mr. Dolphin <laughs> vampire dude yeah, I'm like where um yeah so that, that wasn't Yeah, that he's the one that said that and kind of got that part of it going that, like, really kind of linked Mm -hmm. it together here, Um, right, which I thought that was kind of a stretch, I was like, okay, but you know what, there's, there's, like, this whole, like, organization or society of vampires in New Orleans, and people, if you guys are listening and, and you know what I'm talking about, please help me out here, because I can't find my notes on it because there's like the vampire society or something which is like kind of like a more gothic-y kind of situation but there is a small group of people um, in New Orleans that claim that they're vampires and say that they do have to drink human blood to live
1: yeah wow yeah they like
0: legit say that and they say that they need like human blood Um, and so if you guys ever do meet Emily I promise you she may not she she may bite you because she's you know an angry Italian woman sometimes. But yeah. she, she does not yearn for your blood. Usually she just wants a milkshake and she'll be fine.
2: Yeah, usually that. And then I just want to take a nap.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But uh, only so it. it's during the day. Right. <laughs> so well, I guess if you're a vampire, though, you would nap at night, right? I would what? You would nap at night if you're a vampire. Like, because we we nap during the day. So I guess a vampire. Oh, I guess technically a nap would be at night. Yeah, that's true. so Yeah, yeah that is true. But the, well, thing, the
2: other things that are parallel, like I was saying before, was the garlic stuff is totally accurate. That cracked oh. me up when I made that connection once me and my dad realized about porphyria because what we we're doing was keeping a food log, trying to figure out what the hell was wrong. Because every time I was eating, I was trying to gain weight because I'd said I was 72, 75 pounds. Shit, and, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm like 5'2 to begin with, but still, like I couldn't barely wear leggings. They were like falling off of me. It was humiliating. I hated it. Um, And we're trying to figure out what foods could I eat. And for some reason, every time I was having pasta sauce, um, you know, um, pesto and stuff, I could not figure out, like like, what the hell is going on here? So once we figured out that it was porphyria, we started looking up about the liver, because it has to do with the liver and stuff like that. So, because you can't have alcohol porphyria. So then we're like, okay, why can't alcohol porphyria? It has to do with the liver. Okay, what foods and stuff would trigger the liver? And we realized sulfur, Which is in, um, you know, naturally found in cruciferous vegetables and onions and garlic. Basically, anything that has that sulfur, like demony type smell. Anything like that say. tastes <laughs> delicious, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> you know when they say like that. Um, what do you call it? Um, the sulfur smell. Like, ever hear that, like, in books about demons, like, oh, if you smell like a yeah, sulfur, yes, oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so I was just talking to, I just asked uh, Shauna a question about that the other day. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so yeah. that is
0: something that's a really stereotypical okay. sign of demonic activity and like lower, lower vibrational, like negative spirits and like crazy shit when it comes to haunting. So I think that's actually <laughs> funny because you know we now know that porphyria wasn't just linked to vampires but also to (gasps) possession and you can't have anything with sulfur so i just find that really interesting so there is links here with demons as well see we're gonna take this and we thought we were gonna like expand people's like horizons and make them understand it instead of being (laughs) a vampire you're gonna be a fucking demon now and people are gonna start throwing (laughs) holy water at you
2: we're just gonna make this totally worse And I'm on Halloween, my birthday, so that doesn't make it any easier.
0: And not oh, only do God. they have to throw the holy water, but it has to be like the, the the exorcism has to be done by Anima. So watch out, Emily. <laughs> 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 yeah. Come after me. So we have... We have the blood stuff. So we, we we have nixed the idea that you crave blood. But we do see with the dark urine where people thought that vampires were peeing blood. We have the garlic. We have the aversion to sunlight. Um, yep. We have fangs. So I can yep. see where this comes from. Is there anything else where we can look at, like, side effects and symptoms of porphyria and be like, okay, that's kind of vampire or demonic? Or that kind of, I feel um, like those are the big ones, though. Those are the big ones. I'm trying to think what else would be it.
2: Uh, oh gosh
1: well the daylight thing right some people can't be in the daylight yeah, right? that's yeah. A big the daylight.
2: thing. So there's the light that's- the garlic because that's why they would wear garlic that's why people would have garlic all over the place right um the steak in the heart I don't remember where that came from well I think hmm. we're part of it like, there's really a bad heart lot heart I of like, um,
0: I think that actually just comes from them actually doing that to people um because part oh, okay. of this what it comes from I mean you can try and trace back the origins of vampires because there's so many different stories but a lot yeah. of what would happen with vampires and with possession and weird shit would be people would die in um in the winter and they would be buried and you know six feet under the deeper we go the colder that it gets right and it's already winter so the ground would be freezing and so they would dig them back up for any reason let's say you know especially this is back in the day so let's say you know your grandma starts having dreams about you and you're like well maybe she's actually crawling out of the grave at night and torturing grandma let's go see they would dig bodies up and the bodies wouldn't be decomposed and so they'd be oh like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, this person's a vampire because we know that after we die, our hair continues to grow for a little bit and so do our nails.
2: Really? So they would, yeah. Yeah. So they would, yeah. They would oh see my our God. nails
0: longer, our hair longer, and then the bodies wouldn't be decayed and they'd be like, holy shit. So they started like staking people in their coffins. And what it really was was just because it was wintertime. So it was really cold and the, the, the frozen dirt preserved the bodies wow Uh and so but they started staking people but another thing that was interesting that we read today because emily and i kind of did a deep dive on random vampire facts (laughs) today was they were actually putting poppy seeds in people's coffins thinking that that would deter vampires
2: yeah where did that come from poppy seeds with that and i made a joke and i'm like well the vampires would come to you because if they're in a lot of pain And you know what comes from poppy (laughs) seed. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) On a witchcraft standpoint,
0: I think it was interesting because... um uh poppy seeds at least in w- my personal practice because poppy seeds can be used for, for confusion so I tend to use them a lot for confusion to con- like if you're going to um try and like do witchcraft on like protect yourself let's just say you think someone's fucking with you and you're going to do mm. like a return to sender candle or something but you don't right. want them to know you're doing it you need to cause some confusion um you can add poppy seeds to it
2: Ah, uh-huh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Oh, so
0: that makes sense. Yeah, so I thought it was kind of interesting because I was like, oh, it's almost like they're putting the poppy seeds in to confuse the vampires. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever their actual logic is, I don't know because we have to remember these people also like, you know, we have the Salem witch trials. So I don't have a lot of faith in people's logic back in the day for shit. So right, know where it actually came from? Right. Yeah. But I have a story about a vampire that I don't think he had, Porphyria, but I wanted to tell it to you guys because he's a really famous vampire. I thought it was really cool, and I'm going to butcher his names because he has two names and... Nasfaratu,
2: you know, whatever. Nosferatus? Yeah, Nosferatus. Nosferatu. Thank you. Like <laughs> what I am saying. <laughs> no,
0: um, I'm actually going to tell you guys about St. Germain. Um, oh, okay. And I'm sure everyone's heard that name before, St. Germain, like it kind of rings a bell. So I'm going to tell you guys about him. Just know, I'm totally butchering his name. I can't fucking talk to begin with. We all know this. And I promise you, since being pregnant, it's been so much worse. You guys just heard me call teeth feet. So, you know, <laughs> bear with me as I take you on this journey. So the first name that we're going to ca- call this guy is Copsy. Uh, Comte? Comte. What? It's French. I know I'm saying it wrong. Comte Saint-Germain, right? Okay. So as far as records go, because he was born way back in the day, it gets a little tricky. But as far as we know, he was born in 1710. And he has been a really popular guy and has been all over the world. He's seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. Um, Even as recently as 1970, people are saying that they've seen him what yeah 1970 so he was born in 1710 um and he was I believe just like a a socialite and everybody everybody loved him he was known for throwing these really badass parties and that was the thing like you went to Saint Germain's parties there was very lavish and full of like decadent food and drink and he was known for being incredibly handsome and just like eye-catching and pretty well yeah he Mm. he's a pretty motherfucker um (laughs) but he and he could speak all of these languages and he like was this really fascinating storyteller so he could tell you stories of just just about anything and sometimes you'd be so like wrapped up in what he's saying you're like holy shit and he's talking about it like he's there and then you're like wait a minute happened like a hundred years ago like how is this possible if you were born Mm -hmm. in 1710 like how were you there for like I don't know when Jesus was born
2: that's insane. Like, yeah, I don't I've know
0: heard- if you ever had a story yeah. about Jesus, but I actually think that there was some biblical references when I was looking him up. So there may have been, but um, yeah. So, and like, he could speak language, all these things that just really kind of made you go, well, how old are you, you know? And again, right. he was really handsome. So I don't know what his skincare routine was. He probably just stayed out of the sun. Uh, but I would love to know what it was because like, it's just like, he looked timeless. Like he never aged, his skin was always great so it was just this really interesting thing Mm -hmm. and so he there there's a lot of different things as to like where he died um but basically like oh part of him is that he was also like a renowned alchemist was like his thing like he even like wrote a book on alchemy and that was like his whole thing and so that's what he was known for but he really was the jack of all trades because again like he was really timeless and he's done all these things, but alchemy was the big claim to fame here. But a lot of famous people would like reference him and say that they knew him, including Voltaire, King Louis, and Casanova even. That's and, nuts. Right. And so they, they all claim to have known him. I think Casanova actually wrote about him. Um, so there's even like things like that. So with the alchemy, his claim to fame was that he could grow diamonds So um, it was believed that he actually traveled to Germany under the order of King Hess. Again, I'm probably Um, butchering that. Bear with (laughs) me here. Um, But he ended up basically going there. And some reports say that he was basically like the confidant for the king or for some royalty in Germany. Other people say that he actually went there by order of the king because he was basically working in a lab that was sponsored by him to grow these these diamonds through alchemy what? but as far as any of the records could tell he died in 1784 more specifically in february seems to be like the similarity of what i found of 1784 okay. um so that's what we know about him from there but now we're going to go and we're going to take a walk, if you will, from Germany to New Orleans. So now we're in New oh, Orleans, cool, Louisiana, yeah. and this is where we meet Jacques, Jacques, Jacques who's, who fucking knows? I don't know. You guys tell me, um, Saint Germain,
2: <laughs> Jacques,
0: Jacques, Jacques Saint Germain. That's what we're going to call him. We're going to call him Jackie boy. We're just gonna make sure I have it completely wrong, but I don't sound super stupid. Wait, so this- the
2: French painter? No. Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: I don't know. He (laughs) might have been a painter. But Jackie Boy was a French immigrant, and he shows up in New Orleans in 1902, right? So this is 200 years after the original St. Germain's supposed death. Okay. And so okay. he moved on to a house on Royal Street or Royal Street. Um, and he started like talking to people, schmoozing people, and people started digging him and thinking he was really fucking cool. And so he started having these really lavish parties and he could speak all these languages and he was so smart and you could talk to him about just about anything. Um, and he, the one thing that people started noticing with him is that like you never saw him eat. Like he would have all of this food and like all this stuff. And he was always having his wine glass because he loved his red wine. So he always had his wine glass with him. but he would never eat. But he would just party. And it was like the thing to get invited to one of his parties because they were fucking badass. Oh, wow. So kind of sounds like our original St. Germain because he was also known for not eating. No one ever saw him eat either.
2: That is so weird. It's funny for me. I'm like, oh, if they weren't eating, that's like me, like when I don't feel well. And like, I can go, oh, maybe you're not supposed to do that with porphyria. You're supposed to eat all day and stuff, like little bits, like Mm -hmm. a squirrel. But there are times when you can't eat at all. And funny enough, like if they were always partying to me, I would be like, gee, I wonder if they had, you know, if they had porphyria, like if they wanted to be able to function and if they ate a lot, then they'd feel like shit. So then they wouldn't want to eat. Right. Well, and then like, you know
0: good old jackie boy over here always was seen with his red wine so you know he got a little nutty and so this could probably even be why because he was drinking red wine so Nope what the story and what the legend with this goes is so he had you know we think of the french quarter and you see all those beautiful spanish style architecture these gorgeous wrought iron balconies and stuff and um one day this girl fucking jumped off of that balcony like in some reports they say that she even jumped through the window and off the balcony but she jumped down to the second story to the floor below and she she lived and so the police were called, and she's like, listen, like, I, I went to, to Jackie Boys, and we went to party, and he fucking got super weird, and he fucking bit my neck. Oh, my God. So he he bit her neck, and she was like, what the fuck? And so she jumped off the balcony to try and save, save herself. And so she was like, no, this happened. He's dangerous. What in the ever-living fuck is going on? So the cops go... And they go and they they try and go like knock on the door. He's not answering. They finally get into his house, right? Mm. And it's fucking empty. What? It's it's empty and like this dude is known for part of these lavish parties. In some accounts, it says that it's completely empty. In some accounts, it says that it's empty, safe for like random clothes that would belong to different time periods. They would find like all this lavish clothing, clothing from different time periods. But otherwise, yeah. was completely empty. Except the one similarity that we see in a lot of these legends here around this is that when they would go down to his wine cellar, they would find all of his wine. So he still had that. They had it, they found his wine. But the thing was, is that the wine was actually like really thick and weird. And it turned out that it was mixed with coagulated blood.
2: Oh, yeah, I was just going to say like that. Oh my god. So that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So That's so crazy. Isn't it? So yeah. that is the story of St. Germain. And so the similarities that we see <sighs> is that they full knew how to throw a good ass party, apparently, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, They never saw him eat. He was really intelligent, really well-cultured and charming, like just beyond his years. So some people Mm -hmm. speculate that it was the same person. Some people speculate that he was a descendant. Which could all it could also be and if anyone's planning on going there you can ask around like and see like the house up, uh, where Saint Germain was if you take any that's of the cool. tours you can see it um it's on the corner of Ursuline and Royale Street so did
1: we you, see it when we were there yeah,
0: yeah we, we did, did. Oh, we did yeah.
1: oh, that's cool
0: so you can totally see it it's super trippy but it's it was really just super interesting so that is the story of Saint Germain so that's cool. was he just like
2: right and just immortal a with a
0: badass fucking skincare routine was he <laughs> people that knew how to party that had porphyria like you guys tell me
2: uh, It's mm. funny people think i'm like way older than i am And i'm like no like well you do
1: I, well you, you do look, you do look younger than you are for sure yeah i mean like, i don't really fair. even know how old you are but i, I you look pretty other. young I'm 37. And you I was don't have tell to tell her that you
0: were fucking 58, Emily. Thing, ah, <laughs> 58. All right,
2: yeah.
1: Well, then you look great. Okay, you look a hell of a
0: lot younger than you are,
1: for sure. Imagine. For sure. That's crazy. So, wow. We
0: well, thank you for coming on and and sharing wow. some of your life with us and about sure. you know Porphyria and educating us on on this because you know it is something that. I think a little bit of education and public knowledge can go a really long way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally.
2: Especially for like rare diseases and stuff, especially because <sighs> there's not a lot of research in them and stuff and doctors. I mean, God, if people were talking about like this podcast, you know, now 15 plus years ago when I got sick, I wouldn't have gone through all the shit I went through, you know, like someone yeah. might have heard about it and been like, Hey, like go do some, go look up this porphyria, it sounds like you abdominal pain and all the symptoms and or even like the story about the lady that was not diagnosed that, you know, that Amy later I was talking about that was a nurse and then she ended up, you know, she could have avoided jumping out of that you know, off that that roof.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, we gotta talk about this shit. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things like just, you know, if you think you might have this, talk to your doctor. And if your doctor says, you know, it's impossible because you know, we know from personal experience that that tends to be the result sometimes when doctors talk to you is they'll just say, no, nah, you don't have it. It's too rare. Like just do the, do the mm-hmm. urine test. Just tell the doc, tell your doctor, like just do the urine test at least like humor me, you know, like just demand right. it because you never know.
2: Yeah. It's a simple thing too. It's, 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 so upsetting. Like when you realize like how easy it's not even like a big one. can I mean, if you're that desperate and you're feeling really really sick just pee in a glass and put it near the window honestly like if it changes color
0: you know what guys i can't even lie when i first found out that porphyria patients that their their pee turns purple i called emily and i was like up in arms (laughs) because i needed her to pee in a cup for me so bad (laughs) because i needed to see it but i i didn't think as far as like well she's across the country like what am i asking her to do fucking mail me pee
1: Oh my god!
0: Which, by the way, Emily, you still haven't done, and I still really want to see it. I should have done it when I got
2: sick because it would have been—it would have definitely changed when I was. Like, ah. you would have had like a collection.
0: This is yeah, what happens shit. when you're friends with Shauna. Like, I randomly yeah. call you all worked up because I need you to mail me pee, and it's not even like a kinky thing. It's just like a weird science <laughs> like, You're like, oh my yeah. god, can you like send me some pee? I'm like, what? Yeah. Why?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: Well, if you guys want to hear more of Emily's stories or more about porphyria, um, she does have a podcast. Again, it's called This Girl is Sick. You can find it on all major uh, podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. Yeah, and Spotify,
2: iTunes, Google. I think
0: it's great because like I said, you share so many different stories and some of them are really heartfelt. Some of them are hard to hear. Some of them are yeah. fucking hilarious. And I think it's just really <laughs> important because whether you know somebody with porphyria or you know somebody with a chronic illness or maybe you have a chronic Illness, it's really nice to hear some of these things because it lets you know that you're not alone, and it also, yeah. you know, for someone like me, like just being someone that is blessed enough to have good health and be your best friend, this helps teach me different ways to be a good advocate for you and kind of know what to do. So, it's a really great thing for anyone to listen to. I definitely encourage you guys to check it out. Again, it's called This Girl Is Sick, uh, yeah. she has a really cute episode out about. Her cat pork pie who I will try and get some pictures up online in the Facebook group and on Instagram he was like 17 pounds he was gargantuan (laughs) he was adorable and ridiculous so you can at least check that one out because that's really who doesn't want to hear about a cat named pork pie and he
2: had munchkin legs like little stumpy legs oh baby he was
0: he was fucking ridiculous like drag his cat toy around and pump it (laughs)
2: oh he's my god
0: yeah he was he was a little extra
2: <laughs> um also on the podcast it says the carminator is your host. So I always go by the carminator
0: yes so the carminator case, he's
2: not sure if it's me the carminator so it's this girl is sick with your unapologetic host podcast host the carminator so that's me emily carmen <laughs> So All check right. that
0: out. It's definitely a good listen. Emily, once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us and, and being such a good sport because I realize that it may be in bad taste to threaten to do enema exorcisms to people, but you know, <laughs> you're, you're you're a good sport. Um, so at the end of every episode, we do a shout out. Who is your shout out to, Emily?
2: Um, My shout out is to anybody with a chronic illness that or doesn't know if they you know, are questioning if they're sick or whatever, to keep f- going, like trust your instinct, keep going. Don't take one doctor's, oh, I don't think anything's wrong as your answer. If you know, if you feel in your gut something's wrong, just keep going. So this mm-hmm. is for them. And for anybody that's a crazy cat lady because uh, my cat got me through a lot of shit, so.
0: Well, you know what, you have, you have
1: competition. You have competition because Rich Ricky is also the crazy cat lady.
0: Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, okay, like, so trust me, they they know she knows. I remember when we went yeah. to New York to go visit her once, and Ricky fell in love with her cat, Azriel, and like stuck her in the yes. Nintendo store bag. Like, that was like his little, like, yeah, first he, dog. he like, want to take her home, yeah,
2: yeah, so, yeah. He I
1: falls mean, in love with Manny kitty because he was in love with my fuzz head as well, <laughs> right?
0: He has that thing for long haired cats, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah so there you go <laughs> oh my God.
0: Monica who's your shout out for
1: my shout out is for all the vampires out there and my new vampire friend that I just made which we're not going to mention any names so that's my shout out
0: that sounds so fucking like sexy and mysterious Yeah. yeah. Guy, going, Monica, if, we if we see Monica like you know being in a much better mood but maybe a little paler than normal we know it's because she's getting that vampire D Oh, oh, let me tell you something i
1: left my window open the other night
0: and my, oh, my, my neck exposed okay <laughs> and your neck exposed, uh, you huh? and, and your neck exposed. <laughs>
1: absolutely what do you think come on well,
0: monica you know you just got to make sure that you're not eating any garlic or onions anymore correct <laughs> yes. you know, <laughs> well especially yes <laughs>
1: that's right that's exactly right yep yeah oh, yep. who's your shout out shauna
0: my yeah. shout out is to one of our listeners named jenny we just had an amazing reading together and it was really delightful i love connecting with our listeners and talking to them and talking about witchcraft and all sorts of stuff um oh that's cool jenny does like these really badass like holiday reads that she posts i don't know if they're on her etsy but they're on like facebook marketplace and stuff but she also has a candle company she makes these candles it's called it's witchcraft which i thought was really cute and funny it's yeah Whitcraft. yeah um And she hooked me up with some amazing soy candles because not only is Ricky a crazy cat lady, but he's also a scented candle slut. Yes, he is. Is he like a little old lady in disguise? Yeah, basically. I'm surprised he doesn't wear like cardigans and shit and hasn't taken up knitting yet. But with pregnancy you can't have paraffin wax candles burning so it's ah. like severely limited ricky's supply yeah. of his scented candles and we have you know october that's right, just yeah. around the corner so i needed to pumpkin pumpkin slut it up so i got some <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin chai up. candles from from jenny they're amazing and they're soy so we can burn them which is oh, good. super exciting good yes so thank you. they smell lovely so <laughs> thank you everybody if anyone's listening and you guys have a story about your own kind of experience with some type of illness that was misdiagnosed that led you or your medical professional team or someone around you to think that you were some type of cryptid or possessed or you've heard stories like this would like share it with us we would love we would love to hear more and be able to kind of get more out there because again the more you know yep and until then merry meet
1: merry part
0: and marry me again.
1: Meet again.